So. Lord Jesus, we just surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our thoughts, every part of us. And we just pray that you will come and minister to us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you've been moving amongst us already, that you've been ministering to most of us and just encountering us. And, and I just pray in this moment that you will arrest our attention, that you will arrest our thoughts. And I pray, God, for an encounter with you in this moment. I pray, Lord, as, as, as we look at your word, that no one of us will be too far that you cannot reach into our hearts. So we open up our hearts and we say, Lord, please come. Come do what you've purposed in our lives today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, good morning. And um, I trust you all are doing well this morning. And um, I just want you to... I said amen now and you opened your eyes. But if you can close your eyes for one few seconds, I want to ask you to quickly just remember a moment. Um, just close your eyes where you are. And just remember the moment when you first encountered Jesus. Just, in, just remember what Jesus did in your life in that moment. Heavy, no? <laughs> so, do you remember that moment? Do you remember that moment when you stepped into your life and he changed everything? Because he's alive. He's not a religion. He's, he's a God who is alive. Um, and then, just to think, there's been many of those moments in our lives that we have encountered him. And the phrase that's been like a lot with this Jonathan Conrad coming is encountering Jesus. And this thing has been like stirring my heart, like, Lord, we want to encounter you. And what does it mean? And, um, and I, my message today is about encounter with Jesus. And, and I trust that even as we share right now that Jesus will come and encounter your heart, that far beyond what I would say, that he will reach into your heart and that he will encounter you. All right, so the word encounter means to meet someone without expecting or intending it. Now, if you look at the Gospels, um, even let's just use Luke, um, there's so many stories of people just like you and me that encounter Jesus. Just as you thought of that moment when Jesus stepped into your life, there are so many stories just going through Luke. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You, you just go and you're like, in Luke 4, there's a, a man with an unclean spirit that Jesus heals. In um, Luke 5, um, there's two stories of a, of a leper that Jesus cleans. There's a paralytic um, that Jesus um, heals in Luke 5. Um, Luke 6, there's a man with a withered hand that the Lord heals. Um, in Luke 7, there's a widow's son raised from the dead. Just imagine that encounter. <laughs> and, and just seeing how Jesus raised this son from the dead. And so we go through, like um, Jesus 
heals a lady that has the issue of blood. He raises Jairus' daughter. Um, it's just it's story upon story of people that encounters Jesus, and then he changes everything. Esvia, come here quickly. <laughs> Were you always such a nice person like you are now? No. <laughs> <laughs> what happened that changed you? Can you, can you maybe just give us a quick window of what happened in that moment when Jesus stepped into your life? Where were you and what did Jesus speak to you and what changed everything for you? Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> I hope you all are well. Um, yeah, the first time that I really, really experienced the presence of Jesus was, was right here, actually. About last year when I joined the church, I uh, just felt a drawing to him. And uh, yeah, I asked for a response that morning. I just felt in my heart I needed to respond. Um, I came forward and, and Morris prayed for me and the Lord just, just came to me. I, was, I felt condemned. I didn't feel worthy. I felt all my sins were crushing me. I wasn't, who am I to, to be worthy, to, to worship the Lord and everything. And he just came and he so just revealed himself to me. He is worthy. We are not worthy. So he just came and just showed that he is worthy of being praised. No matter who you are, what situation you are. He's, he's the king of kings. And since that moment, everything changed. My, my heart uh, towards people, my heart towards friends, family, um, towards myself changed. And yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just so worthy of, of everything, everything we have. Mm. Amen. Amen. Richard, come here. <laughs> okay. When I first met this man, he was still on drugs. But there was a moment that changed everything. Not rehabs, not anything. But what was that moment? Can you remember what that moment was? I can. <laughs> huh? Just share with us what happened in that moment. Because what happened in that moment was really supernatural. Um, so at that stage, I was, I was running away from, from the police and so on. And um, so uh, the, the, the best place I thought to go hide was at a church meeting. Um, <laughs> so it was, at a, it was at a youth camp, actually. And um, there, was, there was this moment where there was worship, um, just like, like now. And all the people went to the front. And I was, I was just sitting at, at the back. I think it was, it was at Kroenenbar. And... Um, I was like, what's going on with these guys? They are just like, they are seeing something or that I'm not seeing or God isn't real. That was my two. So in that moment, I asked um, whoever, Lord, I didn't know. Who, I was never in a church before that, so I don't, I don't have any background of church. I only know Josh Jane. <laughs> so um, I said, whoever is out there, I, I really, I'm busy dying. I need you. If you are real please show me and in that moment I just I just felt this presence coming over my body and in an audible voice I heard the Lord saying I will show you the power of my love and as soon as I heard his voice I, I, I can only explain it like I was like in a sense blown away and like like I it was so it's so real that it's like I can't run away from it anymore and I think from that day on yeah never the same again Praise God. Huh? 
So he's running after Jesus now. <laughs> so he was running away, but he found he was um, yeah he found his savior. And I think that's we sometimes just read the gospels and we think it's it's so far from us, but it's happening in our midst. And and I heard of even somebody that cried out in his bed in a moment of fear, and it's like God, if you're there. Um, and he shouted, Jesus, and, and, and Jesus met him in that moment. There's a, um, and this guy has been running away from God. He, he knows God, and he's been running away, and he met Jesus. Jesus is ready to encounter you, wherever you are at this morning. Um, and one of the stories I chose, that one of the people that encountered Jesus, and this even started in Zambia, I, I, just the story of Zacchaeus. I was like... Yeah, there's something just about this wee little man, Zacchaeus, who climbed in the tree and encountered Jesus in a supernatural way um, that changed his life completely. Now, we all know this story from, well, if you've grown up in church. If, you have been, if you've never been to a church, you probably won't know. But I'm going to read this story quickly for us in Luke 19. Um, so if you want to follow with me... Um, I see if I can read it from here, my eyes. <laughs> Let me read it there. <laughs> it's bigger there. <laughs> he entered Jericho and was passing through. Everybody say passing through. So it's speaking about Jesus here, not Zacchaeus. Jesus was he's entering Jericho and he was passing through. Next verse. And, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Verse 3. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on a um, on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in, of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. Say, pass that way. <laughs> okay. All right. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when, he, and when they saw it, and now speaking about the crowd that's following him, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, that half of my goods I give to the poor, and, that I, and if I have defrauded anyone, um, of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, since he has also, since he is also a son of Abraham." And then the last one, um, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Such powerful um, words. Um, Jesus came in onto this earth in Luke 4, verse 18. He says, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man has come so that you and I had a moment where we encountered him. And it changed our lives forever. And some of us sit here and maybe today is your encounter. Maybe today is your moment where Jesus is going to come into your life and, 
Yeah, and change everything. And um, so let's just go quickly through Luke um, 19, verse 1 to 10. And he entered um, Jericho and was passing through. So Jesus wasn't planning to stay over in Jericho that evening. He was just passing through. His plan, actually, do you know what was Jesus' plan at this moment? He was actually at the point of the peak of his ministry, and that is to die on a cross. He was on his way to Jerusalem to die on a cross. That's where he was heading. And all these people are following him. And just while Jesus is going, and, and we read about this in um, Luke 18. So do yourself a favor. If you, look, you, you read Luke chapter 18, and you can see how actually Luke was setting up this story through the stories that he's telling in Luke 18. It's, it's amazing. Um, but Jesus speaks to his disciples on the way now, and he says... Um, he says this, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. So he's passing through. Um, and everything that is written about the Son of Man um, by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to Gentiles, and he will be mocked, shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. So he knew, this is where I'm going. I'm going to die for the sins of the world. But still he had time to stop for a blind beggar at the entrance of Jericho, who shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. I mean, Jesus, if there was ever the most important mission that anyone could go on, this was his mission. I'm going to save the world. <laughs> I mean, if I say save the world, you just get all this uh, Independence Day and all this <laughs> weird kind of end of the world. The world's going to end. Jesus, the end, the Jesus is coming to save the world. And he's coming in and, and he has time to stop for a blind beggar that shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And now the crowd, and this guy gets healed. He sees his eyesight is restored. And now the people are going wild. And then there's a little short man, Zacchaeus. And the Bible actually tells us a few things about this short man. It says, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector, and he was very rich. All right. Now, Zacchaeus actually means pure and innocent. But he was everything but that. <laughs> I mean, according to, um, if we uh, look at verse, um, verse 7, is now when the people saw that Jesus invited um, Zacchaeus in, he says, um, he's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. <laughs> So even in the eyes of the people, tax collectors, I mean, they, they, were, they, they were taking in money for a cruel governing um, authority, but then they were adding to that, and, they actually made, and, reached, and, and um, Zacchaeus actually became rich because of this. He was not innocent, and he was not pure in his motives. So, I mean, he doesn't deserve this. That Jesus would come to his home? No, man. The people were grumbling. And, um, but somehow, he heard the commotion of a blind beggar shouting, I can see. <laughs> I can see. It's like, okay, I want to see who's this Jesus. So in verse 3, it's, uh, and he was seeking to see um, who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So, I mean, 
this guy is small and there's a bunch of people coming through. But it, the word says he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Now that word seek, it means to seek with desire. It's not like I was look, just curious. I was just curious, who is this Jesus? What is this? It says he, his heart was actually seeking with a desire to, to see who this Jesus was. I mean, he is the chief sinner. <laughs> He's short. But somehow, crowds has never stopped Jesus to reach the one. We think of the lady with the issue of blood. She pressed through the crowd. Zacchaeus had to get into a tree. And he didn't even know that what's going to happen right now. And um, so Zacchaeus wasn't looking for Jesus like we sometimes as men look for our shoes. Honey, where's my shoes? <laughs> it's where you left it. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> there it is. Oh, I didn't see it. And like, <laughs> have you had that thing? Like you look for something and then your wife just comes in and she just take it out the same place where you were looking. <laughs> and it's just like, some, like, I don't know what it is. But Zacchaeus wasn't looking like that. He was, he was looking to see. There was an expectation in his heart to see this man, Jesus, that he's actually going to find it, um, find what he was looking for. Um, and I just want to quickly um, jump one chapter back. So in chapter eight, 18, and this is now just, so Luke is actually setting this thing up. And then from verse 9 to um, 14, um, Jesus is telling a parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector that's coming to, um, to pray or something. And this Pharisee says, standing there by himself, says, I'm not like the other men. Extrotion is <laughs> unjust, adulterous, and even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift his head, his eyes, even, but his breast, what, um, but beat his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Two different postures. And then Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because it says, yeah, tax collectors, sinners. But then Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever will humble himself will be exalted. So for Zacchaeus to get into a tree was a very shameful thing. Men didn't get into trees. And even if you're the chief tax collector, you won't get in. It's a shameful and it was a very humbling thing that he did to get into this tree to see Jesus. And I think in that moment, he didn't care what people think, thought about him. He, he, he came low. We bow low, low, low. We lift it high, high, high. And then, this is his posture. He, he actually humbled himself. And then, we, we, whenever you heard the story of Zacchaeus, it was told in a children's Bible. No? Now, the very next story 
in verse 15. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw that they, saw it, um, they rebuked him. But Jesus called them saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not um, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So Zacchaeus became like a child, and he humbled himself and he climbed into a tree, because children usually climb into trees, not grown-ups, unless who, who, who still grow, who still climbs into tree. I only climb tree if I want to. <laughs> well, it's for his job. <laughs> Sometimes I have to. Help the kids in the tree, so that's when I climb up. But I don't, <laughs> I don't climb up a tree that much anymore. But it's children that does that. So there was a childlike sense for Zacchaeus to, to see. He was searching to see this Jesus that he just heard of that just healed a blind guy. All right. Um, so then he ran ahead and climbed into the sycamore tree, verse 4, um, to see him, um, for he was about to pass the way. So Jesus was still on his way passing through. He wasn't planning to stay there. Um, and then, then we get to this. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus. Now, I've been thinking about how did he know his name? <laughs> Probably he knew about him. Probably he was a well-known person. I, I don't know. But he called him on his name, Zacchaeus. And he said, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And Zacchaeus, being a sinner, didn't sit in the tree and think, Oh Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He hurried down. In the next verse it says the following. Um, and it says, he hurried down and came down and received him joyfully. So we see three things with Zacchaeus. First thing, he was seeking with desire, like he really wanted to see. The second thing is he humbled himself and he became like a child. Because Jesus said, if you humble yourself and become like children, you will receive the kingdom. And the third thing is he received him joyfully. Now that word joyfully is quite interesting. It's the same, Luke used this word nine times in the book of Luke. And it's always used to accompany faith and salvation. Every reference. For example, I'm going to just reference three. Who of you know the story of the lost sheep? When the shepherd left, left the 99 and go and fetch the one, he, he found that sheep, put him on his shoulders. And in verse, um, Luke 15, verse 5, it says, And when he has found it, he, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, connected to a fount. Then, um, this, have you know the, the story of the, the lost coin? The lady searching for the coin, she founds the coin, and then she says the following, verse 9. And when she had found it, she calls um, together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, that word. Charon, um, with me, for I have found the coin that, has, that I'd lost. Prodigal son. 
verse, the son, prodigal son coming back, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 32. And it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for uh, this. Your brother was dead and he is alive. He was lost and he is found. In the context of something that is lost and found, Zacchaeus came and he received Jesus in that way. With that kind of joy, rejoicing, receiving Jesus into his home. And then it goes on. Um, the, the very next thing, Zac after Zacchaeus is rejoicing, everybody else is grumbling. It's like a contrast. Like just one person is, and somehow they're grumbling because Jesus is coming to the sinner's house. And they say, um, they saw what happened and they grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But somehow Zacchaeus um, didn't let that trouble him. And he said, and in verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, that half of my goods I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And something that you could see that with that encounter that Zacchaeus had with Jesus, he did something in his heart that he changed his actions. To actually become what his name means, pure and innocent. And that's what happens when Jesus encounters our lives. And I'm trusting for real encounters that will actually do that in our lives. And that people that will come and visit us, that they will have those encounters with Jesus. Um, and then Jesus responds to that. And he says, um, today salvation has come to, the, to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. So salvation has come, but a person has come to this house. Jesus, salvation has come to this house. And then he says this profound words like, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Zacchaeus was thinking he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But Jesus came to seek the same word, the same intense, a seeking with a desire to see who Jesus was. Jesus was actually seeking him. And he found him. And that's, that's the heart of the Father this, this morning. It's like he has actually gave his son, not so that we can have experiences in worship and so, but because that we can encounter him and our lives change. Change from that moment. Yes, there's a journey and discipleship and a journey, but this, the seed of the gospel enters into our lives, and our lives are changed. We're not just saying a prayer. It's actually a real, real encounter. And I want to close. Um, it's a very basic story, and sometimes I'm like, God, why do you want me to speak about Zacchaeus? <laughs> like a, it's a kid's story. It's not a kid's story. <laughs> it is something... Really powerful. So Zacchaeus response to Jesus coming, we're only passing through, was he first, he sought, he seek. And I want to ask you, are you still seeking after God with desire? Are you still seeking to see who is this Jesus? Or have you stopped? Because there are some here today that for the first time, We'll start seeking. 
But there's some of us that had that encounter but stopped seeking to see who he is. And I'm trusting that even the first and those of us that the Lord will come and refresh that response in us. That we will seek with that desire to see who this man Jesus is. Secondly, he humbled himself. I was just like thinking, God, just amazing how you just set up this thing with humility. Because when we went low, there's something that broke open in the worship. Something opened up. It was like, yeah, it was good, good, good. And the moment when we went low, he, he was lifted up. And we started saying the name of Jesus. And we sang a lot of repetitive things. But it was meditating upon actually these truths. And for it to come and settle into our hearts. And so Zacchaeus responded by becoming humble and like a child. When, like, when lost, did you just become like a child before Jesus and humbled yourself before him? Maybe today is the day. Maybe you sit here and you, you've never responded, you've never sought after God, but today you want to you climb into that tree. But it would mean that you would actually humble yourself and childlike way, find him. And, and, and Jesus is passing through, but he is stopping for the ones. And even if that is that he needs to stop for you today, let him do that. But if you've been following Jesus for a long and you stopped humbling yourself, God resists the proud. It's almost like you're unsaved. Humble yourself. Become like a child in his presence. Do cra crazy things. Like climb up a tree. Why would you do that? Just because you want to see him. And then when you humbled himself, receive him joyfully. Receive him with joy into your heart. And that speaks about faith. It speaks about a joyful um, receiving of Jesus with faith. So that's the first thing. And there's, there's a second thing I want to do. And then we're going to pray for these things. The second thing is, yes, encountering Jesus changes our lives. But can I remind you of something? Let me read some scriptures. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. And do you not realize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you? Galatians 2 verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life um, I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to tell you that Christ is in you. And he wants us to become an encounter. If Christ is in us, that as we meet with people, we can be an encounter. That's how real it becomes. Is that Christ in us. And all that we need to do is to deny ourselves. Huh? Sometimes we're so selfish that we are not an encounter. What people encounter is not Him. We actually, if you want to be an encounter where Jesus encountered Jesus, of people encounter Jesus through your life, it actually means that you have to deal with some of your stuff. 
and to overcome some of those things. So that when people, not perfect, but when people encounter your life, they cannot but see Him. Encounter Jesus, but become an encounter. Each one of us. That in our workplaces, wherever we go, yeah, Morris, but yo, the week was busy. I had to run to check us. And then, but Jesus was on his way to the cross. And he stopped for the one. Life is busy. Work is busy. If, if can you stop for the ones? Can you invite somebody that even if you're thirsting for somebody for this, um, Jonathan Conrad, can you become the encounter, the first steps for people to encounter Jesus? Luke 9, verse 23 to 27 says, um, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So there needs to be a dying to ourselves to actually be that encounter. We need to deal with our stuff to be that encounter. So what I'm trusting for is for encounters. I've been dreaming about a rehab. I've been dreaming about how we can get people to a place of wholeness. I've been dreaming of like, Jesus, what, what can we do <laughs> to reach as many people as possible. And I want to remind you that God spoke to us last year and says, prepare the vessel, I'm going to send the harvest. And I believe this whole thing about encountering Jesus, we're in a moment that it's not a thing that the church is doing. It's a thing where Jesus is helping us to become encounters, where we can shine his light, where we can be salt, where we can be light. And shine the light that Jesus has given us. And all we need to do is die to ourselves. Because self is always going to stand in the way. It's always going to stand in the way. So I'm going to call for a response, for three responses. But um, just if that's you, just come to the front. Um,